I'm Athena Silver. I'm Anya River. And we are the Rebel Crow. Athena is a professional psychic medium and tarot reader, among other things. Anya is a tarot reader and an astrologer, among other things. We are so excited to invite you to check out our weekly podcast, where we have fun talking about magic, tarot, mythology, astrology, and everything witchy. Find us on YouTube and on all major podcasting platforms at the Rebel Crow Psychic Show. Um, we put out a podcast episode weekly. Um, you can find more information at rebelcrowpsychicshow.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Rebel Crow Psychic Show with your host, Athena Silver. Tonight, we have an awesome guest. A great author who has written a really awesome book all about the fantastic 50s and the precursor to the psychedelic 60s. It is definitely and not an interview you're going to want to miss, so stick with us. back let's get started i want to introduce you all to thomas hatzis who wrote lsd the wonder child all about the years of study and research leading up to what we all know as psychedelic 60s we're so happy to have you on the show today tom welcome thanks i'm happy to be here i appreciate you having me on i ask you now um going into, into talking about um the spiritual psychic aspects of LSD and how the government studied it. Um, if you could speak a bit about some of the projects that were linked up to MKUltra in the fields of like ESP and psychic abilities. So with that stuff, I'm not like as far as what the CIA was doing with it, it depends really because there's we don't let me let me say this we're not a hundred percent sure who the the cia was funding like there were many independent doctors that were getting funded we know about some of them and others not so much one of them that we don't know if they were funding was a guy named andre puharik he was doing the esp tests and all the psychic ability tests and it's one of these odd things where it's like if you ask one person that person will say, oh, uh, Puhark was working independently, whereas if you ask another, they'll say, well, he was working at Edgewood Arsenal, and we know that the CIA had a foothold with MKUltra in Edgewood, so he was probably working with the CIA. We don't know. We really don't Do you don't think know. all that kicked off, like, the Stargate program and some of those deeper studies as they got into, like, the 70s and 80s? I don't know. Um, I'm not familiar with the Stargate program. It was, um, I forget who headed it, but it was a big program that really got it started like the 70s. And it was studying remote viewing and how to weaponize it for the government to spy. Oh, sure. I, I know so, what you're talking about, but I don't know. I, I would sound very ignorant if I could. I got to write a book on the 1970s. I'll put it that way. <laughs> All right. I definitely want to read it. <laughs> once, yeah. Once I write that book, we'll talk about disco and uh, Stargate projects and cocaine and I'm, I'm all in for it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I really, I don't know much about that. Well, I was just wondering because it, to me, reading it, I'm like, oh, I can see there's a missing link here. This might be connected. Oh, it very um, well could be. Because, because I'm, I'm a psychic medium myself, and I noticed that when I've had experiences with psychedelics, it definitely affects my spiritual gifts. 
I'm able to see way more than I normally would. I'm so glad because I I'm I always like to ask uh, intuitives and uh, sensitives and stuff like if that's the case, if you have. Oh. So can I ask you a quick question? Absolutely. How did you notice? Because I'm fascinated by this. Um, and you know, I, I, I end my book saying that we should be exploring these areas. I, I don't think we should ignore this stuff. Um, what like when you so you have these abilities naturally, how yes. does something like LSD or mushrooms or can or anything or Iowa, whatever, whatever your medicine of choice, how does it like, do you like, is it, does something different happen where it's like almost like this new room is, I'll let you tell me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it depends on the substance I've noticed. I'm going to get all Maria Sabine. Like, hold on. Some bring up certain parts of it. Um, cannabis has always been my, my plant of choice. I know that I've been that plant at one point or another. Um, I'm planning to be buried with it. Um, <laughs> I never thought um, of that. I am able to feel and perceive like very subtle things, very subtle changes, a whole lot more amplified uh, than I, if I'm completely on my own here. Um, I, I use it primarily when I'm trying to kind of astral journey travel where I'm stepping out and my, my soul is shifting into other realms and other places as well as inner work. Um, with LSD in particular, I noticed that my, my visual center is that is like more developed and I'm able to switch between my eyes and my psychic eyes over and over top of it. So I'm able to perceive both at the same time. Wow. It's like Igate, but like with two instead of three. Yeah. And I'm able to merge it. But the problem is, is um, switching between the both. I get switched whether I want to or not. So sometimes I'll see what's directly in front of me. And sometimes I'll see the visions that they play over top of it. Sometimes I'm able to control where I go. And sometimes they're just like, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. <laughs> and it's kind of like, whoa, okay. But I noticed that my visual, um, my, my seeing ability is a lot more crisp, clear, and vibrant. Like the colors are very vibrant. And I notice I'm able to see further past my normal range. Okay, so I do a podcast uh, with another fellow where we talk about um, it's it's a it's completely just dedicated to uh, spiritual mystical side of awesome. medicines. Would love to have you on. We'll talk about that, you know, in emails. Or something, but we'd love send to me a day. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, that'd be so cool. Would love to. Yeah. But I've noticed it more in the way of like subtle gifts that I have that I don't always notice are there. That kind of feed into the other gifts. I'm able to kind of single them out. Like what information is coming from where. Um, I don't like to be in crowds uh, with I mean, any of these substances because oh, then I start reading people's minds and it gets really like anxiety ridden and claustrophobic. Yeah, it's too intense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I, like, I don't want to hear about your shopping list. I don't care if the kids <laughs> are bad today. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, don't yeah. cheat on your wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that's a bad thought. You need to go to church. You need some Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> But on any given day, uh, when it's just me, I'm able to kind of keep everything at bay. I just notice that when the substance is introduced, I'm getting like way more information coming from all areas. Oh, so sure. Kind of fun. And then when you add the spirits into that, it becomes a whole nother thing. Oh, we're going <laughs> to have a deep talk about the spirits then, the entities. Absolutely. Ancestors are my people. Those oh, are the ones I yeah. work with the most. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we got to get you on. We got to have you on then. <laughs> no doubt. That's too cool. All right. So here is another question for you. Uh, sorry to Why throw do you feel that the government decided to schedule lists like LSD and other psychedelics? Um, do, was it due to it not being an effective mind control agent? Or do you think it's it's a control mechanism to control the population? Or why do you feel that it was put on a list? I think that there was, hmm. I don't see this is this, this is a tough question because there's a lot of nuance. I'm not, uh, it, hmm. it's, take the, your time. it's a balance between not wanting to be a gatekeeper, but also wanting to keep people safe. And the truth is that um, certain people that have not properly processed their traumas or have other issues, they might not have the kind of experience that you or I have on mm -hmm. mushrooms. They might not be talking to spirits and entities and ancestors. They might be experiencing their own private hell. Um, true. Uh, you had, unfortunately, guys like Timothy Leary, um, who was just kind of you know, being very irresponsible with LSD. Uh, he tends to be lionized today. I don't think he was really all that. I, 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 what's that? He really wasn't all that brilliant. <laughs> I, well, he was brilliant. I would say he wasn't very, um, hmm. I don't think he was a hero. Um, yeah. He was a womanizer. He absolutely used his power and position over people um, in sexual ways. And we know he did this. Um, he, he, he gave our government every reason to make these things illegal. It's like, mm -hmm. if anybody was like, well, why? All they had to do was say, Timothy Leary. And everyone would be like, oh yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. I don't want to put all of this on Timothy Leary. And I've already, some people have kind of given me a little bit of hell for it that I didn't get into other things that might've caused, um, uh, you know, the, the, the fall of LSD studies. But the truth is, a lot of it was Timothy Leary. Like, the, a, a lot of it had to do with him. Um, you know, people were using it irresponsibly. People were, I mean, the hospitals were filling up with people having really adverse reactions. Um, in uh, a lot of Leary's own studies, I mean, like, people would be dosed without their knowledge. Mm -hmm. If they were having a bad time, they would just remove them from the party and just leave them to suffer, you know, whatever mental hellscape they were going through by themselves. Um, that's, that is all horrible protocol. All dangerous. Very dangerous protocol. And instead of, uh, like, he could have been a voice of reason. Yeah. We could have got up there and said, hey, everybody, we need to be careful with this. We need to be responsible with this. But he didn't. I mean, it was like throwing out candy, you know, to eager, you know, trick or treaters, you know, like like it's just not it wasn't I don't it's uh, it should never been placed in schedule one. That's just that's absurd. Yeah, but there did need to be something, not the hammer coming down that happened, but there did have to be something to protect people that were vulnerable because there were a lot of vulnerable people 
um, having really adverse reactions. And just like with the CIA and, you know, determining, well, those people don't count to society. They're lesser than us. I don't think anybody is that. And I don't think, you know, like if it's, if we would say that for those people that the CIA was torturing, then we should say that for the people that Leary was just willy nilly giving LSD to. Um, I think they would also try not to have another like Alistair Crowley on their hands. Somebody who's, you know, out there dosing people doing satanic shit. (laughs) Could have been, been. Um, you know, there was also uh, the, I would, and this is kind of fuzzy as well, but the whole, the counterculture got kind of wrapped up with the anti-war movement as well. And that kind of caused like, it's like, you know, when it's very easy for a politician to make that association to your average, you know, Joe Sixpack or Susie Housecoat that's scared of communists, you know, look, you know, look, the two of them taking your kids. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's, it's really easy to do that. Um, And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's such a weird situation where it's like, I still haven't figured it out. Like I really haven't. I've thought about it a lot. I've thought about it for 20 years and I still don't have a good answer to that as to why. Do you you think all of that is going to hold us back from the new, the next chapter of like LSD and mescaline studies, you know, as since all of it starting to come back again? I, you know, I don't think it will. I mean, people today, 20 year olds don't even have a memory of 9-11 happening. Let alone the 1960s. Uh, I mean, there's something kind of sad about all that, but um, I don't know that. I I mean, everybody's just pretty much on their phone. And if it's not like fed to them directly, they're not going to search it out. You know, see, and I use my phone for the opposite. I'm like, tell me all the dirt that happened. I'm I'm talking about, yeah, I'm not talking about very intuitive, you know, intelligent people like yourself. I'm talking about your. The, the regular everyday people, yeah. yeah nice. so people that are addicted to their phones and that don't, you know, ever look away from it or anything. Um, I don't know. That's a that's a whole other conversation, though. I have a weird love hate relationship with the digital age. So, oh, me too. Yeah, oh. I, I I think it's personally, I think it's destroying civilization, like completely annihilating civilization, uh, slowly and in the most painful and awkward way possible. Like, <laughs> so well, if you look at society, like before, say, the Industrial Revolution versus like now people are really broken, you know, in oh, like fundamental yeah. ways, like they can't oh, do yeah. normal tasks anymore, like going outside for a walk. Well, yeah, because uh, somebody oh, I forget who put it. This is absolutely brilliant. Uh, somebody said um, we have primate brains medieval institutions and futuristic technology and it's like yeah that's and you know we're all everybody is struggling these days and that's why like whenever like i say that whoever you meet today anyone you meet know that that person is going through some fucking shit like absolutely please keep in mind because for all of civilization we were here and all of a sudden boom our technology was here our brains are still here though yeah And And it it, shows with a lot of the fear-based laws that are in this country and in this world in general. Yeah, look what they just did in Texas, for Christ's sake. It's like, are you Mm. kidding me? Oh, I know. This is insane. And it's my band had a song called Texas, because I love Texas. I can't play the song anymore. (laughs) It's just talking about how much I (laughs) love Texas. You got to add to the end of the song, we love 
Texas except their abortion laws. <laughs> except women have a right to their fucking bodies, but we still love Texas. Like absolutely, but- it's scary out there, and it and it yeah. shows just how um, divided we we really are because it seems like especially with the digital age, we're having the rise of psychedelic, you know, seekers now. And they're only getting pigeonholed to this very small part of the internet where it's really, it crosses more boundaries than that. You know, it, it, it hits more demographics than just the seekers, you know? Sure. And I should say, I, I want to be fair because I do know some uh, Zoomers, uh, you know, kids in their early 20s that are psychonauts and are really cool and are really... Yeah. Like I know a bunch of them. So I, I, I feel like I, I didn't want to throw the entire generation under the bus. And I feel like how I said it kind yeah, of was yeah. doing that. And I just want to be clear that I, I didn't mean it to sound that way, just to be careful. I mean, like, look, when in my day, when I was your age, like our big thing was AIDS. That's what they were scaring us with. Yeah. It didn't mean everybody stopped having sex. It just meant we were conscientious and careful about it. So all to the, any Zoomer listening, you guys, like literally the keys are in your hands. Like my generation is hopefully laying the groundwork with the legalization to criminal so that yeah. you guys could take that ball and run with it. So I have a lot of hope with the Zoomer generation. I just, I, I get upset when I see them just like this on their phone sometimes. And I just kind of want to like, Hey, there's a beautiful world out there. Like, please. Right. And those people that are, those are not your friends. Go get some real goddamn friends that you smoke a joint with. You talk to like, those are actual friends that are going to be there for you. Like yeah. that. And I, I'm worried that a lot of them don't have that, that they feel that these, you know, strangers on the internet are their friends. It's like, no, are they going to be there when something bad? No, they're not. Yeah, it's fan versus friend. Yeah, it's fan versus friend. They don't, they can't decipher in between the two. Yeah. Um, But on the same note, I feel like they are open minded to bring and roll back some of these laws. Like, even the millennials, like, we're trying our best to, you know, navigate both sides of the aisle, but it's like, those those Gen Z kids are really the ones that are gonna take and roll back these laws and make it acceptable because I'm sorry, but it's not gonna happen, you know, yeah. in my youth. <laughs> and and one thing that I do want to throw to the Zoomers, which I think is awesome, are the Gen Z kids. What I absolutely admire about them, their commitment to inclusiveness oh, is yes. beyond any generation that has ever come before, including our generation, we yeah. think about them. they are the most inclusive, everybody come in, let's all shit, which is, I love that about them. I think that's well, great. I feel like because it's like the, the boomers, the Gen X, they were here to, they're like pillars of like authority and what the old system used to be and it's like the millennials are coming in like we're gonna light this on fire and <laughs> we gotta clear everything out and then i think it's like the gen z kids are the ones that are going to build it up in their image and I make hope- this world a whole different experience for the people after us so i feel like they come in here with a really important spiritual job on this earth and it's like it's our the rest of our jobs to kind of let them do their thing you know it's not really our earth anymore yeah. <laughs> Well, Gen X, we were more of, man, we don't care. Yeah. We weren't really, like, we had a completely different, there was, I, I did see somebody posted something once on Facebook that I absolutely loved. It said something along the lines of, say what you will about Generation X, but our sneering distrust of everything turned out to be correct. 
That is very true. Like, <laughs> that I, I was like, that one, I, I felt that when I was like, oh. Yep. <laughs> it's like, I didn't want to say anything, but it touched. That yeah, little yeah, black yeah. part that used to be my heart. Yeah, or my, yeah. <laughs> My little listening to Alice in Chains, Nine Inch Nails, Heart, absolutely loved it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> absolutely. But I think it's wonderful. Like this book is coming out right when it needs to be read, right to the right audience. You know, my That's last question, oh, sorry. my last question for you is, you know, why do we as a collective culture only remember Hoffman when it comes to this time in history? Like why him? Why do we only remember Hoffman? Yeah, when it comes to the 50s, when it comes to psychedelic, you know, origins, like it feels like we gloss over over everyone else, but we remember him for some reason. Is it just because he made that famous bike ride or? Because he discovered LSD. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the, I would say because the, uh, the psychedelic re renaissance begins with the discovery of LSD. Um, not psychedelia, psychedelia, as I said, you know, and I wrote Ancient. books about how yeah, far back it goes, but the, the rediscovery of it. And when I say rediscovery, I'm not even saying that it was so far in the past. I mean, like you mentioned Aleister Crowley earlier. I mean, he was at Wardy and he was, he was doing this stuff maybe only 30 years or so yeah. if he at before the discovery of LSD. I mean, you know, there's, so it wasn't that long, but he was just more into the esoteric magical stuff. Whereas with LSD, it spread everywhere. Yeah. And I think another reason to get back to your question is because LSD is so remarkable. It is the only chemical we know about that is as effective as it is in microscopic amounts. And like a strong, like when Hoffman took uh, his first dose was 250 millionths of a gram. To give your listeners an idea of how big that is, take a pencil, dot a piece of paper, and then cut that dot in half. Half that dot is 250 millionths of a gram. That wow. is all the LSD needed. And that is a strong dose. To most yeah. LSD today is like 100 or this is 250, like, wow. <laughs> that's a lot. So I think that he's remembered for that reason. I, obviously bicycle day, you are correct about that. <laughs> uh, the mo I, I actually recently did. I don't know if you know the YouTuber after school, but no. Uh, I, I oh no. Yes, I do. They do the, the graphic uh, yeah, the uh, stories. Yeah. yeah. He just did one for my book uh, called uh, the secret history of LSD. And yeah, we get into the, I call it the most famous bike ride in history because I'm pretty sure it was the most famous bike ride anyone ever took. If the you could, if you could send me about. a link, I'll, sure. I'll link it in the description. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I'm sure everybody would love to check out what you got going. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly, so, it's just condensed of what we talked about, but what, what? Yeah. So I have to ask what is coming next for you? Are we getting another book? What's it going to be about? Any projects? Oh, oh my goodness. So many projects. <laughs> a lot. Um, so my partner and I have a psychedelics education and harm reduction organization called Sanctum Psychedelia. Uh, Sanctum with a P. So P-S-A-N-C-T-U-M. And if you want to visit us, it's uh, sanctum.org. There we have what's called, we have the Psychedelic Library, which is where to write my book, the uh, LSD, the wonder child, I have boxes of almost every medical paper written on psychedelia from the late 1800s to the present day. 
and oh, we're putting nice. them all online because when I was doing research, I would have loved to have had a database like this. So for those Gen X, uh, excuse me, Gen X, that's me, for the uh, the Gen Z, the Zoomer kids, I want them to have this database so that they could really run with this. Um, so there's we have that going on. We also have a vintage thrift store arm of Sanctum Psychedelia called Sanctum Thrift, where we um, proceeds from sales go towards expungement of cannabis records, or that's what we're working on right now. We haven't mm-hmm. to it yet, but uh, as I'm sure your listeners can agree, there's a cannabis dispensary on every block in my city, yet there are people sitting in prison for using cannabis, and that is just unbelievably ridiculous so proceeds where we haven't got that set up but we're working towards that what mm-hmm. we set up is uh we work with um a group called Pop, which is portland people's outreach program who give uh they do clean needle exchanges and drug education and also another education called feet which collects money to give ayahuasca and ibogaine scholarships for people struggling with addiction. It's wow. our, yeah, when you, there's a, a houselessness crisis happening in America and all of that, or not all, but a lot of that can be traced to addiction, uh, trauma, PTSD, and ayahuasca and ibogaine, uh, more so than any other medicine yet discovered, has proven remarkably successful in uh helping people get over these kinds of addictions that do eventually lead to broken families and houselessness. So we're trying to get to the the core. As for me, I am working on a book right now called The Mushroom Heretic and the Search for the Psychedelic Christ, which is- I'm in it all the way. I want to read that. (laughs) That is another one of my niche topics I love. It's like um, mushroom use and Christianity. Well, so this is this. You might not like this book, though, because I will be arguing against that whole idea. Listen, I have heard both sides of the argument, and I can honestly say it's valid on both sides. Okay. You know, I'm willing to see what's up. (laughs) Well, we could do a whole other interview on that one. But um, absolutely. I would love to speak to you about um, ayahuasca and ibogaine. Oh, um, because ayahuasca is another plant that I um, I have an interest in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's on my trip list. But thank you for coming on and having this really awesome discussion about um, your book. Again, that's LSD, The Wonder Child. Um, It's going to be available. Is it available now or is it out soon? It's available now. And uh, the audio book got pushed back um, (laughs) till I think it's October 19th, but it was supposed to be out like a month ago. And I don't know what's going on. That's not on me. It's on the publisher. But yeah, October 19th, the audio book comes out. It's read by me. Um, So I'm sorry that you'll have to hear my awful New York voice for like 12 hours. Listen, it couldn't be worse than my New York voice. (laughs) No, honestly, it's been so pleasant talking to you. Like before, when you said, oh, you said talk. And I was like, oh, I haven't heard someone say talk in so long. Because everybody (laughs) says talk. And I'm like, oh, no, it honestly, like, warmed my heart to just hear, like, another, like, pure New York accent. Of course. It's funny because anytime I go anyplace, I, I refer to it as being uh, my cousin Vinny. So yes. like, say coffee, say talk. Yeah, you yeah. Know, say participate, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get it everywhere. So it's, I'm, I'm happy to be the bridge back home. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, like, it's weird because Portland, like, everybody, it's like. 
I'm like, hi, how are you doing? Why are you yelling? I'm like, I just said hello. Like, I'm not yelling. No, People I'm here are very sensitive. What's the problem? What's that? It's like, I'm happy to meet you. What's the problem? Yeah, exactly. What's the problem? <laughs> Well, I'm just, I'm a very kind of boisterous person and people here are a little bit more subdued. It's, you know, but it's thrown off. <laughs> yeah, they do. But I love it. Like, I love this city. Like I absolutely love it here. <laughs> so it's funny that you bring up roller derby. My mom is on a roller derby team. Really? So when I saw it in your book, I was like, mom, this dude loves roller derby. <laughs> She's really? on a co-ed team. Yeah. What, uh, do you know what team it is? Oh, she was on the Hudson Valley Horrors. Hudson Valley Horrors? That's, she used to be the Hudson Valley Horrors, but then What's she's on like the Thunderstorm or something like that now. I don't remember the name of that team, but it's a co-ed team. What, do you know what her derby name is? Yes, she's Cookies and Milf. Cookies and Milf. I don't yes. know that I know her, but I know Hudson Valley Horror. I have some friends that skated. I have mascotted. I was a derby mascot for many years. Oh uh, actually, my first book was on roller derby. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that there's a... We got into a... Bro oh, wait, no, that was Penn Jersey. Never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah I well, she probably knows people you know. Um, she's she like, probably knows who I am, actually. I was Probably. If, if she's ever known or heard of Banana, Banana Mascot. Um, I think so. I, she's been in the culture for like 10 years so then she's definitely she would know if you said to her that you interviewed Banana today I would be very surprised if she didn't know what spell it a B-A-N-E dash A-N-A actually where's the because uh... I'll ask her and she probably does <laughs> but um, she's still friends with all of them and she skates now with the co-ed team with the guys and uh, she's like in her 50s and she's a jammer. Nice. Good for her. So, yeah, she's really petite. It's fun to watch her like go in between people and duck around. Like, she's really good. That's awesome. That's all. Oh, it's good. Somebody knows, like, usually people, I'm like, oh, this person's a jammer. Like, what's that? I'm like, oh, they score the points. That's yeah, right. Oh, no. I, I was going to jump, but I have uh, two chronic illnesses, so I'm not able to. So I got to oh. sit on the sidelines and cheer her on. But, it's oh. when I read in your book that you were teaching roller derby. I'm like, I called her up. I was like, oh my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview another roller derby lover. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I joined derby in 2005. I've been oh, in it for wow. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Are only, you on a team now? Not right now because everything started blowing up with like just my career and I, and I just, I didn't have time for it anymore. I miss it so much. And right now with coronavirus, there's no roller derby happening anyway. So yeah. that's why with my five, one, three, we have all these things that are, you know, going on. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to putting my skates back on. Um, so uh, uh, my good friend out here, I'm teaching him how to skate right now to just kind of like, just still be in it because I miss yeah. it so much. I miss you know it's a it's an amazing sport and it does a lot for a lot of people um and uh yeah i'm looking forward to skating again it's really nice to see the community that's built up around oh, it like yeah. you know these these people go hard for each other like they love you like your family there oh yeah it's oh, really yeah. cool to see it is it's a it, it's a great sport um just absolutely amazing people and uh oh i'm so dying to get back on the track <laughs> <laughs> Well, Cookies and Milf, that's a great name. Um, yeah. Or I, I said hello and fuck yeah. And I, I love will. High five and a hug and all that. <laughs> I'm sure she'll love that. But 
thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. This has been an amazing conversation. Whenever you have another book coming out, please hit, hit me up and let me know. I would love to have you on. Whatever you want to come on, let me know. <laughs> sure, sure. And I, I really want to get you on our podcast to talk about Absolutely. your experiences. Like, yeah, like big time. Absolutely. I, I, this is my life. I love to talk about it. I'm an open book. You can ask me whatever. <laughs> well, that, that, that's it. You just checked all the boxes right there. Sounds good. Cool. Well, for everyone, I am Athena Silver, your host. I'm a professional psychic medium, a minister, and a witch. For anyone who is looking to have a reading with me or to have one of my services, my website is readingswithathenasilver.com. My Instagram is at athena.silver and my TikTok is at athena underscore silver. And we will catch you guys, not next week, but the week after that on YouTube and on all podcasting apps. 